0: Now, if you'll turn your Bibles to Jeremiah 17, uh, verses 5 through 8, it's also going to be up on the screen or on the back of your bulletin. It's Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man, and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness, in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the streams and does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green and it is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Please pray with me. Jesus, we love you this morning and we place our trust in you as so many things are uncertain, as the world and as our bodies and everything is just never never certain. We never know what tomorrow brings. We know that you're faithful, and we praise you for that. I pray that you just set our hearts to a place of worship this morning, and that as we learn about you, we would be able to go and focus on you this week and as we go forward in our lives. Jesus, we love you, and pray these things in your name. Amen.
1: All right, good morning, everyone. I see uh, the sunshine is the, the prime real estate this morning, so the rest of you have to snuggle a little closer and stay warm. A couple things on the, the giving card. There are more in the back if you do not receive one. We had a church dinner um, four weeks ago or so before the fires. And um, number one, we wanted this to be anonymous, so please don't put your name on it. And um, um, the point of this is that we want to put a renewed priority on our worship ministry here at our church and so that means that we are going to devote more of our finances in uh, 2019 towards our worship ministry so if you want to partner with us um, in that then we would love to hear from you on that but please just keep it anonymous there's more of these in the back and then you just drop it in the the little wood offering box there in the back all right that's great This morning we will be looking at um, the book of Jeremiah, and we will be looking at the the idea of the Christian life is one of faith. And and if you've been around Christianity or churches, that's probably something that's familiar to you, but let's look at it a little bit more clearly and specifically and see if we're actually living this out, all right? So here's, here's our big idea this morning. And that is this, that the difference between a beautiful life and an empty life hinges on the object of your faith, not the circumstances of your life. And that is contrary to the way that most people think. If the details, if the circumstances are going well, then my life is going well. If life is going the way I like it, then my life is beautiful. It's, it's good. I, um, if the kids are behaving, life is great. If finances are great, life is great. All of these things about life. If I'm dating someone that I really like, life is great. If I'm not and I really want to be, life isn't so great. So the Bible says that there is another way to live. And that has to do with the object of our faith. And that is one of the key messages of the Bible. It's the object. Let me give you a a quick Old Testament story from the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus is a a book primarily about um, the Israelites leaving uh, Egypt. Moses is called by God to set the Israelites free, and if you know the story a little bit, um, God sends plagues to Egypt to release the Israelites, but the Pharaoh's heart is hardened, and he won't do it. And finally, it comes to this point where God says that there's going to be an, an angel of death that comes through the land of Egypt. And the only way to survive this angel of death is to have your your best lamb be a sacrifice. And you must put the blood of the lamb over your doorpost. And then when the angel of death passes by, your firstborn son will survive. So the object is you're putting your faith and trust in the blood of the Lamb. Think about this, though, for a second. I read this this week. Let's say there are two Jewish men, there are two neighbors, and uh, we can call one Frank and one Barney, whatever names we want. We'll make up names. And, And Frank has three boys. And he is completely calm and at rest and confident because he has prepared the Lamb. He's put blood over the door, and his faith is sure and secure and his life and his heart is at rest. His neighbor buddy though, he is completely anxious. He has one son, he's nervous. I don't know if I did it properly. I don't know if I put the right amount. I'm not sure if this is actually gonna happen and he's just nervous all of the time. We have to ask ourselves the question then, which man will lose their boy, will lose their son? The guy who's confident or the guy who's nervous? And the answer is neither. Because it's not the intensity of your faith. It's the object of our faith. And so we need to remind ourselves that life works well, that life is beautiful, and life is not um, disorganized and chaotic. We can just leave that up there for a second. Russell, that would be great. The life that we want to have, the life that Christianity promises to us, is one that is based on the object of our faith, not the intensity. That's why, you know, in the 80s, when I was a teenager, one of the phrases that people used all the time, and I didn't quite understand it fully, is they would say things like this, that person is so on fire for the Lord. And I was like, I think I know what that means but I'm not totally sure. But one thing I do know is that most of the time, fires just go out. And and so I didn't fully understand that. And so this is what's important. It's the object of our faith. It's who we're putting our trust, our hope, our confidence in. And so if you have the bulletin this morning, or if you have your Bible, that's preferred. The prophet Jeremiah is writing this book, and he's deeply concerned about the nation of Israel, about the Jewish people and how some people are turning away from God. And so he's going to write this this poetry and it's coming from his own life. And so we'll, we'll just make some observations. Number one is this. What does it teach us about the human heart? What does this passage teach us about the human heart? And then we'll look at what happens to our lives when we put our faith or trust in something besides God. And then number three, we'll look at the life um, the life of beauty. Like, what does that mean to have a life of beauty when our, the object of our faith is Jesus Christ? So number one is this. What do we learn about the human heart? We learn that all people have and live with faith. All people live with faith. Look at what it says here. Jeremiah writes, chapter 17, verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man. So there are some people who they put their trust in themselves or in others. And then later on he says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. So you've got all human beings have hearts that live with faith. Some people live with faith in themselves. They're confident. Some people live with faith in others. Some people live with the ability to do life. That they're charming, they're successful, they're smart, they can make life work. Some people marry those kinds of people, and their hope and faith is in those kinds of people. The Bible says that it is human nature to live by faith. Sometimes we hear people say things like this. It doesn't really matter what you believe about God as long as you are a loving person. I hear, this, I hear this often. Um, people say to me, Brian, really excited that you, uh, that you uh, lead a church, but the beach is my church. The garden is my church. The Santa Monica Mountains, that's my church. That's where I do church. And I think one of the things we need to remember is, is that that is your faith definition of God. We all have ways of viewing God that are dependent upon faith. And so if you say, it doesn't really matter what you believe about God as long as you are a loving person, how do you know that to be true? You can't. In the same way that you cannot prove God's existence, you cannot prove that God does not exist. That both views, all ways of living, require faith. And so we learn that the human heart lives by faith. Whatever your view of God is, it's an act of faith. And so then the question becomes, what is the object of your faith? And what does that lead to? What kind of life does it lead to? If if the object of your faith is a self-created God, that you get to make up what God is like, that you get to make up your understanding of God, what kind of life does that lead to? And so here's what he says. This is interesting. Jeremiah says this. Cursed is the man who trusts in God. Now, the word curse, that's an interesting word. Sometimes I don't know what, where your mind goes with that. If it's like a, an old movie or a TV show or something odd, I don't know. But it, here's what it means. It means this. It means that you're living in a way that God did not intend or that God did not design. Here's one of the earliest places in the book of Genesis where the word curse is used. And it's a story of Cain and Abel. Cain spoke to Abel's brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. The Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground, and now you are cursed from the ground. This is one of the earliest times, it's used in another place too, but one of the earliest places that we know and we see that life is not working the way God intended. And this is, as you know, this is the first time that we see murder in the Bible. And so this is an example of this word cursed being lived out by saying you're living in a way that God did not design, that God did not intend. So where does that come from? It says this. Curse is a man whose trust is in man. We all have options in life. Who do you put your faith or trust in? Who do you put your confidence in? How do you live life? What is your view of life that, that allows you to do it? The reality is this. Is you can choose what you believe in but you cannot choose if you believe or not. We are all believing people. And so the object of your faith is important. That's why Jeremiah says this if you make your faith or your trust anything other than God, our life begins to struggle, it begins to unravel. And this is where this gets interesting. Jeremiah just uses this example of, of plants and bushes. And here's what he says the, the life whose who is built on anything other than God, here's what life ends up like. He says this, that your life is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. And he shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness and uninhabited land. And so we see this, that Jeremiah is saying this, that if you put your roots into anything other than God, that our life is filled with this deep internal struggle without hope. He says it's like this bush, this desert shrub. It's it's literally like this disfigured plant in the wilderness, in a salt-parched land. Jeremiah is saying this, that all of us will put our faith, our trust, our confidence in something. And if it's anything other than God, your life will be filled with a continual struggle without hope. If we have hope, we can endure anything that life brings. You cannot endure much at all if you do not have hope. And Jeremiah is saying this, if you put your trust, your confidence in man or anything other than God, your life will be an internal, continual struggle. Number two, he says this, with this bush metaphor, that you will have a continual search for meaning, that your life will lack meaning, it will lack purpose. There will be an emptiness. He says this, that this shrub in the desert shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness, that this bush symbolizes a life of loneliness. It's a life of despair. It's not a life of beauty. And here's what's so important to understand is that this is not what God intended for any of us. God did not create any of us to experience this kind of life. He did not create you to live without hope. He did not create you without meaning. He created you for those things. He did not create you to be lonely. So Jeremiah is teaching us, number one, that the human heart functions out of faith and then if we put that faith or that trust or that confidence in anything other than God that our life will be empty that there will be brokenness that there will be struggle that there will be a search for meaning a continual search that there will be the pain, the pain of loneliness number two then we learn that what is the definition of a beautiful life if our faith our trust our confidence is in God alone what does that look what does that life look like what does a beautiful life look like and here's what jeremiah says he says blessed is the man who trusts in the lord whose trust is in the lord and then he goes on and we'll look at this plant that's that's a a tree of life and what's the difference about that so let's look though just for a moment if you uh if you are interested in language and paying particular attention look in your bulletin for just one second Pay close attention to verse 7. It says this. Blessed is the man whose trust, who trusts in the Lord. And then it's repeated, but it's repeated with a nuanced difference. And the nuanced difference is this. It's whose trust is the Lord. So he repeats it with a nuanced difference. And here's what Jeremiah is saying. He's saying that you can trust God. In the Lord, that's related to the intensity of your faith. But if your trust is in the object of your faith, your trust is in something else, life doesn't work. The first trust is a verb. The second trust is a noun. So he's saying this, that blessed is a person whose life believes, lives out a trust in God. And then he clarifies that, whose trust is in the Lord. And here's how we get confused sometimes. Here's how we go sideways sometimes in the Christian life. We live this way. We say this, blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord. Most people who would consider themselves Christians would want to live this way. And we'd say, I I trust God with my life. But that second part is the hard part, whose trust is the Lord. Now, let me just give you one example this morning where we often put something else there besides God. So we would say something like this. Blessed is the man who who trusts in the Lord, but whose trust or whose confidence, whose identity, whose hope is in seeking the approval of others. We live our lives at the deepest level by functioning out of the motive of trying to make people happy that our ultimate confidence in life, that that our ultimate faith is seeking the approval of others. And we say we trust God, but that's not how we functionally live. So Jeremiah is saying this, that a beautiful life understands that the object of our faith and trust is God alone, but it's also a verb, it's an active, it's how we live our lives. So blessed is this person. The beautiful life comes from a person whose faith and trust is in God alone and it's functionally lived out. Again, it's as I said earlier, it's not the intensity of your faith that saves you. It's the object of your faith that saves you. And then he goes on with this metaphor again. There's this contrast. This is a, a common way that the Bible teaches. Here's one picture. Now here's the second picture. And he says this the beautiful life, the blessed life. He is like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. And so what, do we, what is needed for this beautiful life? Let me give you a few things. Number one is this, that the beautiful life comes when God plants the tree, that God is the one who creates a new life in you. God is the one who regenerates your heart. God is the one who sustains you. We have a misunderstanding of Christianity when we think that Christianity is about us being good people, about doing things, that we're working really hard about being loving and being moral and good people. We misunderstand Christianity if we turn it into following rules. Christianity is first and foremost about what God has done for you. It's foundational understanding it's crucial understanding because one is made up about what we are doing and the other is about what god is doing if christianity is me standing up here and saying to you all you need to be more loving more moral watch your mouth give more money and it just becomes a checklist of things for us to do we become self righteous we become filled with guilt and shame if we if we don't perform Christianity is about this, what God has done for you through Christ alone. And Jeremiah is saying that when he says that we are like a tree, that God is the one who gives us new life. God is the one who brings and sustains life. He says it sends out roots by the stream. Yesterday, uh, Karen and I, my wife, we, we did a hike yesterday, and it was a hike that I've wanted to do for years. And then uh, we hiked up in the mountains through the, the fire zone. And, um, but we came, we came along a creek, and we were deep in a canyon. And one of the things that was uh, a beautiful thing to see is that there were trees, um, in the, and there's still water flowing in this stream. And these trees, they, there are still some trees that have green leaves, that are still alive, that survived the fire. But the trees up on the hillside, this is just a perfect picture. They, they just didn't make it. They didn't survive. One is still living and beautiful because it's near water. Its roots are just like here in the story. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by the waters that sends out its roots by the stream. So number one, the beautiful life is about what God is doing for you. Number two is that the beautiful life endures the struggles of life. The beautiful life endures the struggles of life. And here's what it says, the second part of verse eight. It says that this tree planted by the water does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and it is not anxious in the year of drought. So both the tree and the shrub experience times of trial and hardship. One struggles and one remains beautiful what is the cause it's because one is renewed by God one is planted by the water and it does not fear so think about this and applying this for our lives what makes a life beautiful when life does not go the way you want when life goes sideways when relationships break down or something happens in life it says that there is a way for you to do life that is still beautiful. When things don't go the way we want, and we were laughing this morning about this, we all want life to go our own way. And we can have a, a joke or a contest about who feels the most strongly about that. Because I think I really like it when life goes my way. And we know it doesn't. And how do you respond when life does not go your way? Jeremiah says this, that your life can still be beautiful. You don't have to turn in and have little temper tantrums and go sideways in life. When you understand that God is the one who changes your heart, God is the one who sustains your heart, that you can remain beautiful. The last thing that we see about this tree that's been planted by God is that it bears fruit. That your life is still productive. That good things still come out of your life. Galatians chapter 5, and I believe we have this on the TV screen, says this. We have the uh, the verse 16, Russell. It says this. Paul writing to the Galatians says, walk by the Spirit. What does this fruit look like? Here's what he says. When heat comes or drought comes, this tree does okay. Okay. When life doesn't go the way you want, when life is hard, when life brings challenges, this tree still bears fruit. And Paul says this, how? When you walk by the Spirit. And what does a beautiful life look like? Paul gives us the explanation. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness, self-control. So what are the things that make your life beautiful? It's a life that's being led by the Spirit. Do you see this? This is not about things that we do. This is not a list of things that I'm asking you to do. These are things that the Spirit of God will create in your life. When you understand that life, that the Christian life, is one of faith and trust and hope and confidence in Jesus Christ alone, then no matter what the circumstances of our life are, your life can maintain and still have beauty. Let's go back to the very beginning, Russell, the very first thing we put up here. And you can ask your life this. The difference between a beautiful life and an empty life hinges on the object of your faith, not the circumstances of your life. We all know that some people have experienced some really hard circumstances Lately, And we can offer compassion and friendship. We can offer a life that is led by the Spirit, that offers true community and true friendship. But Jeremiah, he finishes, and it's not in the bulletin, but he finishes this little section with a verse, verse 9, and it says, and I'll just paraphrase it, but it says this, that we must be aware of, that the human heart is easily deceived. That the human heart easily deceives ourselves. That the human heart can be a challenging thing to understand. Here, Let me read it. <clears throat> Verse 9 says, that The human heart is deceitful above all things. And it, it's sick. Who can understand it? Verse 10 says this, The Lord searches the heart <clears throat> and tests the mind. So one of the things I think we have to be aware of as Christians, as we press on towards maturity, is we are aware of our hearts, that our hearts cannot always be trusted, and that's why it's so important to understand this metaphor when Jeremiah says this, that our lives are planted by God, that God is the one that's doing the work in our lives. So, what is our what is our functional job, our responsibility, and how do we leave here? What is like God's call upon our life as we live here, leave here? <clears throat> We're people of faith. We're called to trust in God. That even when the circumstances don't go the way we like, or it's hard, or it's painful, and it's real, <clears throat> there is a way for us to live with confidence and hope. It's not fake, it's not empty, it's not just um, a big smile and secretly bitter behind the smile. It says this: that this tree, that this life sends out roots that gets the living water. In John chapter four, Jesus talks about a living water. It's a woman at the well. And that is the invitation. That if your life isn't feeling beautiful, that we're not people who trust our feelings. That we're people who believe in Christ. And that is the object of our faith. That that is what can change you. That is what can renew you. We move forward. We do life together by understanding there are times of life that are unknown that we can't always know the future. But what we can always know is that the object of our faith is true and real. And we can live that way. We can live with confidence. We can live with reassurance. Knowing that Jesus Christ died and rose again to give us life, to give us purpose. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you would do a renewing work in our hearts and in our minds. That your spirit would speak truth to us. That we would be people who have a A strength a confidence a hope knowing that life is going to be okay because you are the object of our faith you are our hope our confidence the person we look to we ask your Holy Spirit to renew within us a love for your son Jesus we can leave here with confidence and hope knowing that you've called us to be people of faith to trust not to worry Not to look to ourselves, but to look to Jesus Christ alone. We love you and ask these things in your name. Amen.